0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. The international Cyclocross season is really starting with the World Cup in Waterloo. Thank you for being here Issam to take a look ahead at the World Cup in general and of course the race in Waterloo.
1: Yes, thank you for having me.
0: So I'll briefly break down what you will be expecting from us in this podcast. First we will discuss the calendar. Then you will hear from Jules van Kempen, one of the American riders racing in Waterloo. He shares a little bit on his season so far and his goals for the Waterloo World Cup as well as some anecdotes about him racing in Europe. After that we will preview the World Cup in Waterloo and whilst we discuss that we will take a look at some of the riders targeting the World Cup, some of the riders missing and what that tells us for the rest of the season. So let's start with the calendar, the opening round as pretty much traditionally the last couple of years is Waterloo. After that we go to Europe, but that is after one week of rest we race Maas-Mechelen. Then there is another week of rest, which is the European Championships. And then it's full-on for the World Cup season. We are racing in Dendermond, which comes back on the calendar. Then we go to Troy, which is a new race, or Trois in France. Then we go to Dublin. Flamanville returns, Valdi takes place in the second weekend of December. And then we come to the Christmas period when we are racing in Namur, Antwerp, Gavre, Hulst and Zonhoven. After the national championships, we have Benidorm and Hoge Heide to complete the World Cup season. Issam, what are your thoughts on the calendar?
1: You know, we see a lot of elements that we have seen before, but with the, obviously with the addition of, of Trojan and Flamanville, I'm happy to see Dublin still in it I think that it's good that for a year maybe we have a little bit more stability but you know obviously for the next coming years I think that we shouldn't stop pursuing more international races in my opinion I think that you know one-off American race is probably not not going to cut it it's not sustainable in my opinion as well because we already had a lot of, uh, or a lot, we had some some teams and riders already complaining about the trip, the the annual complaining. I would say we still have maybe a little bit too many Belgian races. You know, you could say that in a way it's understandable that we have more Belgian races than, for example, American races or Italian races. In a way, because you know they are one, they bring a lot of money in the Belgium sponsors, the Belgium. Um, that is that is understandable but i think that for the future as a flanders classics you should be you should be trying to get more international races in and have a calendar that makes maybe a little bit more sense as well especially regarding the december month which is you know crazy packed at the moment and you know i think that you know you should maybe look into a more balanced calendar and that is that's probably the right word more balance in the calendar there's is, is something that they are searching but you know you cannot expect from one year to the other to have enormous uh, improvements on the calendar because you have certain contracts that are still standing out and stuff so we cannot expect the most out of it but for me it works out for now um, I don't th- don't think that the writers are very happy with the December month but overall I think that it's uh, yeah it's it's an okay calendar and um, something you can work with in the future.
0: I would say this calendar is a small step backwards, and of course, we have factors coming into play. Tabor's organizing the World Championships, which is why they aren't in the World Cup, and with them, you might be looking at a different situation, but six races in Belgium, two in the Netherlands, that's eight out of 14 in a very small, compact region, that's too much. I would rather have seen one or two Belgian races out and a new international one in. I guess that wasn't a possibility. As far as I'm aware, the options they were working on, London didn't capitalize again. Munich has financial issues. It becomes tricky, especially when Fayetteville decides to not come in. So I guess their hands were tied down and this is what they had to do it with. As you say, one race in the US is not ideal, I think it's important that we still go despite that, despite the complaints, it's a World Cup, you cannot only host that in Europe, I think it's fair enough that we go there. What I do like is the fact that we see a more robust scene in France, this is I think the model that the World Cup should try and work towards. We had Flamanville; they organized one year, the other year they were out, now they're back, that has to do with subsidies in France, you get a big subsidy every other year. And I think it's good to see it this way. We have Trois stepping in. Very, very nice course. Love that. And then Besançon is out. And next year, Besançon can come in. I think this would be a strong model where you have a handful, like four or five races maybe, that can rotate for two places on the World Cup calendar. I would not entirely be surprised if we see another world cup in france they are organizing the world championships in a couple of years time Hmm, maybe they step in this is a race that has experience so maybe they don't but that's a model i would like to see and then finally my final point of criticism would be the christmas period i think that the world cup is giving a wrong signal by putting four world cups in two weeks there in a period which is already busy and that also brings me to the point where we have Thomas van der Spiegel, the CEO of Flanders Classics, saying there's too many races in Belgium, but at the same time the World Cup brings two extra races to Belgium, Dendermonde the and Maas are pretty newly founded races, which doesn't really match with those statements. But at the end of the day we'll have to do with it, we'll report on it, and I do think that there's positives to take from this. Benidorm coming back, Dublin coming back, Troy being there, Flamanville there. Those are all very good events and good additions to the World Cup calendar. Well, with that out of the way, let's go and hear from somebody who's way more interesting than we are, Isam Jules van Kempen, racing for the Cervelo Orange Living team. The runner-up at the U23 National Championships last year. Racing in Waterloo this weekend. Raced in Europe the past couple of seasons. One of the more talented American riders out there at the moment, he had quite some interesting things to tell us. With me here now is Jules van Kempen, racing for the Cervelo Orange Living Racing Team. Thank you for being here. Always good to have an American who speaks quite a bit of Dutch on the podcast.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, thanks for having me. You are a last year U23 rider. This year, it's your first year on racing on the new Cervelo Orange Living Team. How has that been?
2: been pretty awesome i mean we got a pretty pretty great crew of sydney uh kaya and me and then our mechanics charlie chris and james and i mean it's a pretty awesome atmosphere to hang out with and pretty stoked on how the first three weekends have gone i mean everyone's had really good results and just having a really good time hanging out and racing
0: yeah so how does it looked like to be racing as a team or maybe more the training so for the people who are listening and don't necessarily know the Survella Orange Living team it's a U25 team created for development opportunities for North American riders but the Belgian teams we will always see Sauze, Bauhaus, Trek always train together on the Wednesday or the Thursday what's that like for for you I know you and Kaya live relatively close together but how does it work? Yeah.
2: So the training together is a little more difficult because obviously we don't all live within a couple hours of each other. But um, the last three weeks we were on the road together, staying together through in between the races. So we'd go out for a couple training rides together or at least start together and do our intervals or whatever. But yeah, training with others is more difficult here. Here in Boulder, we have a pretty good group. There's like eric and scott bunston and a couple other fast local guys that we can get together and train a couple times a couple times a week or once a week so that's been pretty good but yeah training together with your team is a little little bit hard me and kai will occasionally meet up and go for a ride but the spread outness of all the riders in the u.s makes that hard
0: well one place as you say where you were together was at the races and very results have been pretty good. Everybody scored a bunch of top 10s, a couple of podiums by Sydney. How satisfied are you by your own results? 6th in Rochester has best placement, 7th in Renault, 8th in Charm City day one.
2: Pretty happy with that. I mean, it's kind of where I expect it to be. I know I can be, like, I physically feel strong enough and know I'm strong enough to be a little further up. I think there's a couple more things I need to work on in order to, like, stick that front group. I mean, my starts have all been relatively slow which has made the opening couple laps tough for me and trying to chase back try and make it to that second group because usually the front group's gone so honestly I'm expecting a little bit more for myself um throughout the season but I think it's a pretty good starting point trying and be consistently in that top 10 or just outside of it if something goes wrong but yeah it's been a good start to the season for sure.
0: Last year at the U23 National Championships, you got a second place behind Andrew Strohmeyer. He's a rider that's been competing for the win in the USCX Series races this year. Is that a step you aspire to make as well?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think I have all the capabilities to be up there. I think I've made a little bit too many mistakes in these opening races to be in that front group. But yeah, I think that's a step I want to make. And I think I want to show myself that that's possible for me too. And I mean, Andrew's been riding super strong and he's probably the favorite for in the U23s for the Americans this year. And so, yeah, I really want to bring the challenge to him and see if I can get the better of him.
0: So far, your results this season have always been better on day one than on day two. I know this was not the case last year, but would you say that you are stronger on day one or was it more a case of just things not going your way incident on the second day
2: um (laughs) i feel like usually i'm stronger on the second day but this year it's been opposite um yeah this year it's kind of just been the second days something's always gone wrong so in roanoke i crashed just in the mud on the first first lap made a mistake and just wiped out and then uh rochester in the mud again i uh just started on the wrong tires and made a mistakes by that way and found myself back in the 20s so had to chase back up and then yeah in baltimore someone crashed in front of me in one of the first couple turns and me and him were in dead last by that point so that was a long day of chasing too but yeah i think i feel like usually i can also perform well on the second day it just happened hasn't happened this year yet
0: (laughs) Well, we're going to Waterloo. The second day of racing there is the World Cup. What are you expecting from yourself or the course in terms of weather and everything?
2: Um, it, looks, it looks cooler, which is going to be nice. Um, not hot like some of the opening races have been. I mean, the course is always, if it's dry, it's super fast. A lot of group racing. Um, it's usually pretty windy there. It's like a flat, open, wide field. So sitting in, in a group will save you a lot of energy. I mean, it's a super fun course. There's a lot of little technical little bits through the woods and some fun off-camber sections. I know there was earlier this week there was forecasted some rain for Friday, which could spice it up a little bit. I've never raced that course in the wet, but from what I've heard it's a it looks like a hoot. It'll be it'll be a cool race. I think I'm not really sure in terms of results what I'm aiming for yet, but I mean, just have a have a good start, stick in a good group and see how long I can hang on to some of the guys that are coming over for this one. Would you
0: say that the course matches your skill set and if not, what course would? I think it's pretty
2: well attributed to my skill suit. I think it's got a little bit of climbing, not too much. Um, I usually like a course with a lot of climbing. That's good for me. A bit more running. This one doesn't have, it has the one run up, but um, not much else from that standpoint. I think a course, kind of what Jingle used to be, was kind of perfect for me. I love that course. I mean, so much climbing and a lot of fun descents and stuff like that. So it's a shame that that one's not around anymore. But yeah, I mean Waterloo Stills. I think you can't limit yourself in what courses suit you or not. You just kind of got to race what they give you. But yeah, it's a it's a fun
0: course. I've had last
2: year. I've had decent rides there. So
0: yeah jingle cross iowa for the people listening not too familiar with the american names but if you like a course with climbing is iowa then also the favorite course you've ever done or would we be surprised by maybe a different answer for that i think hilst
2: is probably my favorite course that i've ever done going up the dikes or the the walls there is uh was awesome and i mean yeah that course is super fun but I think Iowa is probably my favorite course in the U.S. that we get or got to ride. But yeah.
0: So back to Waterloo, will you also be racing the Trek X Cup on the Friday?
2: Um, I'm planning on it. I'm getting a li- getting over a little bit of a sickness. So as long as everything feels good, I'm planning on racing Friday. But if I still have any lingering issues for my cold, then I'll probably sit that one out. But the plan is to, yeah.
0: What would you say the importance of having an American World Cup is to the American cyclocross circuit?
2: I mean, I think I think everyone here thinks it's pretty important. I mean, Trek's always a huge party. A lot of people actually come out to spectate that race. I mean, a lot of like the USCX races, we don't get that many spectators. A lot of people will hang around after the race and and watch and cheer, but Sundays can be pretty empty. So I think... It's important for, like, a, as a spectator, um, a lot of people want to come watch that one, but they also come and race, and I think it's a—it's probably the best atmosphere around a cross race we have in the U.S., and I think it's also its a good opportunity for a lot of people in the U.S. to race a World Cup that just kind of experience what the level's like if they're thinking about traveling to Europe and racing in Europe. You get a little bit of a taste, obviously. Obviously, it's not the same, level or depth of field as you would get in a european world cup but i think it's important that we have one at least one
0: that we have and i hope it sticks around do you think that waterloo in itself also functions as like a higher goal to work towards that for many american riders it's like a goal Oh, i want to race at least the world cup and waterloo at some point in my career i think so yeah i think a lot of the
2: people who obviously for the U.S. World Cup, we get more start positions. So I think a lot of people will try and make it a goal of, oh, I want to earn a start position at Waterloo this year. So I know there's a couple of people I know that were super stoked to get one of those last couple of positions to really get a taste of it and obviously race against um, some of the best in the world. So I, I for for some of them, it's just an experience that they want to they wanna have one day and they, they're not really too concerned about how they're going to perform. But yeah.
0: For Europeans there's always a lot of talk about travel jet lag money and enough has been said about that so I would like to shine the light more from an American perspective because the travel for you not only between US races is a lot but also when you come to Europe it's very very yeah it's very challenging to get everything together we spoke earlier at the Montana Cross Camp in the summer i was wondering if you wanted to share some of your experiences when you came to race here as one of the only americans during the 2020 2021 covid season
2: um yeah so that was my first year u23 so the first year i could race in elite races and there was nothing happening in the us and so i have a dutch passport cuz from my parents and so I could go over because the borders were closed, everyone else, but I'm a Dutch citizen, so I can, I was able to get in. And so I was like, fuck it, why not? I'm gonna go. And so I flew over by myself, stayed with my uncle and all my cousins for six or eight weeks, something like that. And just kind of raced a bunch of elite World Cups cause that's kind of all what was happening. And obviously I wasn't really at a level where I could be competitive in those. So I was starting at the back with my zero UCI points and just kind of seeing how long I could stay in the race before I'd get pulled. But I think it was a pretty great learning experience. I mean, just racing over there, getting my teeth kicked in, um, just really showed me what the level was like and what to aspire to getting lapped by while, while running through fields was also fun. But yeah, it was fun. I mean, just hung out with some family and just tried to make the best of COVID instead of sitting in my apartment alone, <laughs>
0: just training. But yeah, it was a good time. Well, the both years after you've come back to Europe, was that in a similar situation or were you able to stay with the team or support then?
2: So those years, I was, the previous three years, I was on the Alpha Groove team. And so we'd go over as a team for a couple races in January, usually. There, we had more support from our own team mechanics and had other teammates to ride with and train with and stuff um,
0: so that was good. Do you have any plans of coming to Europe this season? Yeah the plan is
2: to try and after Pan Ams come over for the U23 World Cups in France and Ireland see if we can make that trip work and then after then go back to the US for nationals and then after nationals go back to Europe um, try and hit some more U twenty three World Cups and maybe the end of the curse period building up towards worlds as a goal.
0: If you were to come over, Troy would be our first U twenty three World Cup. It's kind of weird, right? You've been this is going to be our second year racing World but no U twenty three selections.
2: No, I've I've kinda of never been there at the right time to race a U twenty three World Cup, which is kinda of weird. I've always I've never gone or at least during my U twenty three years, I've never gone for the earlier junior slash u23 world cups and then i've kind of always come too late and left too early for the other u23 world cups so yeah i think it's definitely something i want to do this year but yeah it's funny i've raised a lot of elite world cups but never a never a u23 one so in my last year i should be able to check that one off
0: well i can imagine that is one of the season goals do you have any other goals this season
2: I think win nationals is one of the biggest ones. Um, se- second last year, obviously want to do a step better in my last year, U23. I've never won a national championship before, so that's probably the overarching goal for this year. And then obviously have a presence in Europe once we go over there. And then Pan Am's. Pan Am's would also be relatively large gold just because it's a, it's a race for a Jersey and that one will also be cool in Montana.
0: Best of luck, thank you for your time and safe travels to Waterloo.
2: Yeah, thank you very much
0: for having me, it was great. That was Jules van Kempen racing for the Cervelo Orange Living team. We will now continue by taking a look ahead at the racing in Waterloo. As Jules said, weather conditions are not looking great or, well... For us they are it's going to be raining in the days ahead of the event we could see a pretty muddy course there we had that a couple of years ago i remember a battle between isabit and arch there in the rain that was a pretty good race i'm hoping we could see another one regardless of the conditions my favorite for the men's race would be eli isabit he made the strongest impression on me in beringen he had that bad start he had that mechanical issue still competed for the win I would say he's the favorite going into this race. He's won here three times. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I can I can agree with that statement, but you know, this something that I didn't like about him in in, in was his way of 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 trying to stay a little bit more at the back. I, I don't know if it was because he wanted to be a little bit more, you know, save energy and be conservative, but it was I, I didn't like that so and and he has some tr- trouble also last season he had some races where he didn't start very well which obviously with these type of conditions you know if you if you're not at the front from the start there could already be a gap there could be some guys that uh, that break away you don't know so it's i think that what you say is is is, is correct in terms of that he is the favorite uh but i, I think that he is not not really going to be the clear, the clear favorite in, with this field. I think that what we have seen in Beringa totally different compared to what it's probably going to be in Waterloo, but still, you know, the field was, 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 you know, pretty close. And I think that, you know, we, we might see some of these guys, you know, really give a go, uh, give it a go and, and try to, to be at the front. And, I don't know. It, it's going to be difficult as well with the travel for the guys. It can be a, a weird race in a way. So I, I would agree with you that Iserbiet that is definitely the favorite. But I, I really want to see what, what the others can, can bring up. You know, Thibaut obviously is on a very high. But then he obviously, you know, with with the type of course that we're going to have now. How is he going to deal with that? That's going to be uh, a thing. You know, Laurent Veyk looked quite good. So we have to see what he can do. So I think, you know, there are quite some names that that uh, can bring up a fight for uh, against Isebit.
0: Yeah, those names you mentioned would be my two and three favorites for the race. I agree. I don't think Isebit is the outright favorite or the clear favorite here. A couple of seasons ago, we would have expected him to be. He would really dominate these early season races, but I don't think we'll see that this year. He's my favorite for the reasons I just mentioned, but I think is two main rivals will be Thibaut Nice. You ask how he will do on this course. I think he's going to do very well here. Last year he ended fifth here, put in a very strong last part of the race there. The year before he was doing super well here. He was in the front of the race. That was one where it started raining during the race. He crashed on the tarmac corner before the Trek factory hill. That was unfortunate because he was at the front. He was looking good and this year he's looked good. Of course one race is not exactly a very big sample but he looked good and Zweig well for reasons the reason being that crash we didn't see him compete at the front but he was doing relatively well Beringe is not at all a course that suits Lauren Zweig he's a big guy he's not a good climber in Waterloo you will find a course that's better to his liking if it's a bit slick Zweig likes a bit of the thin mud on the top layer Waterloo not really a course normally that gets thick mud those would be my three favorites and then behind that, I would probably place van Tournout and van der Haar, both because they didn't make a great impression on me in the first race in Beeringen.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think, you know, van Tournout, I don't know what it was, but especially when Nice was attacking on those hills, you know, van Tournout dropped quite, I wouldn't say quite easily, but he was really struggling there. Quite a performance to then get, get the podium still in the end there in Beeringen, but... Yeah, I don't know. He has he has the experience though, and if it's, you know, if the course is is not going to be as slow as we expect it to be, you don't know what can happen in that race, and then he obviously, you know, has a has a better chance because it's you know it's still not going to be a very fast race. So I think that maybe a, a slower race could suit him a little bit more. And, and then you know he could right be in the mix, and for Van der Haar it's the same thing. And Van der Haar has a lot of experience. Is a, you know, he's a smart guy, knows how to race, um, and and that could well you know help him out with with these type of races. I think that at least I hope as well is that the riders will be as close as they were in Bering in a way, and that you know the tactics have to be played, and and, and the riders have to think. Uh, you know about what they're gonna do with their energy uh, throughout the race and and manage the race and try to you know be the smartest and i i hope that the smartest can then win the race so you know we'll see what what happens
0: i do expect the racing to be pretty close waterloo is a track that makes for some relatively okay group racing it does have quite a bit of corners which will stretch it out a lot will depend on the conditions but i think there's going to be a couple of other guys in the mix up front here is some last week in indianapolis joris Newhouse race took the win on the saturday was a close battle with eric brunner the pan-american champion these are two riders that should be able to do well here we know that brunner is mainly best on the Very fast courses. I have not really seen him do super well on the more muddy courses, but in theory, he should be able to do that if he has the power. Trek CX Cup, I don't really. Well, yeah, no, two years ago, no, no more. It was more than two years ago. The race two years ago, it started raining during the race. I think it was the 2019 race when Easerbeat beat Arts. They moved the fences, so there was quite a lot of green available in the elite race, which didn't make it that technical should be able to do fine. And how can we forget about Andrew Stromeyer? He was on fire in the USCX series. He's been there for a longer while because he's American. He's not jet-lagged. These are riders that should do well. And if we mention those, why don't we throw Curtis White in? Although I think that is a bit of a longer shot.
1: Yeah, I do think so as well. But, you know, those names are definitely ones that w- they will try to get themselves at least within the top 10. And who knows what type of day they will have and and how the others will get through the the transfer of getting from europe to to the states you know that is i think that that is also something that you shouldn't underestimate the the traveling dealing with a small jet lag but it's still kind of there and you know one could deal that with that a little bit better than others and the guys that you mentioned, the latest guys that you mentioned with a strohmeier and stuff, and Curtis White as well, you know, those guys, they they already are in the States. They have been there, you know, for a long time. So for them, it's it's just going to be another race, but then a world cup. But for the others, it's going to be with the travelling and stuff, you know, that might be a bit different and difficult for them. So. It can play very well for those guys, and I really hope they do well, because I think uh, it would be um, great publicity for for the United States to have those riders um, at the front of, of the World Cup.
0: Based on the fourth place, Brunner scored in Fightville last year, and to be honest, he should have ended in the top 10 of Waterloo as well, but he had a crash or a mechanical. Based on those results, I would put Brunner in the mix for podium. Same with Joris Nieuwenhuis. Curtis White, that was more of a long shot. Same with Strohmeier. Those are two very good riders, but realistically those riders should try and end in the top 10, and if they do they have a very, very good result. They will be featuring more with the likes of Anton Ferdinand, de Vietse Mielsen, Toon van der Bos, Niels van der Putte, Kamp, perhaps Pim Ronhaar. I think it's difficult to really get a grasp of where they are standing because we have had one race in Belgium for most of the guys it was an atypical course the way the race unfolded was atypical as well I'm trying my best to pull out all these different segments we have had in that race but we just don't have a clear picture before starting the world cup and that is certainly different to the years we've had before then, there are a couple of guys absent, we won't discuss them, I will just mention them. Of course, world champion, Marcel van der Pool not there, we'll start a season later, just like Wout van Aert and Tom Pitcock. We don't have any news when it will be, but we're expecting it to be something like last season. Felipe Orts not here, still racing in Spain as his usual season planning. He is starting a privateer team from the 1st of January onwards. Although it doesn't really matter since you will be racing in the Spanish and seek it anyway. Kevin Kuhn, not racing. Circus Reus Technoort is not coming. They are one of the teams complaining the most about the costs, calling it too expensive, calling it useless to go if you don't have an international sponsor saying we should invest in European Cross more. We've talked about that with Jules, so we'll leave it with that. But that means no Kevin Kuhn, no Gerben Kuipers. Furthermore, no team on Rueck. The LaGrange team that was there last year folded. Rueck is now on the Heizomat rad team, but this is a small team. They really don't have the budget. Plus, there's an important sponsor race in Düsseldorf for them on the Saturday. I think those are kind of the main guys not there, Issam. Time for predictions. What is your men's elite race podium prediction?
1: Okay, yeah. Um, oof. I don't know i haven't i haven't thought about this so this is this is going to be a a blank prediction i would say um I'm really tempted to to say either but I, I i hope it's not to be honest not because of of the person beat, but it would be nice to have a another winner um i would say nice nice takes a second in a row i mean that that would be that would be great to see also for trek as well I have trust in Nice. I will go on the bandwagon of Thibaut Nice. And then I would say, second, Iserbeet. And third, Lars van der Aar.
0: I will say, Iserbeet, he made the strongest impression on me. Iserbeet narrowly ahead of Zweig. Third place for Thibaut Nice. Then we go on to the women's race. And before we preview that, we should mention the sad fact that Zoe Clay, one of the riders who was supposed to race here, has died just yesterday we're recording this on tuesday she was involved in a serious mountain biking accident i don't know any details about the crash if it was on just a trail or if she was hit by a car or anything but sadly she will not be racing as she is no longer here with us the racing however will go on and the two top favorites for this race are most likely going to be fem van empel and Puck issam or do you think we should consider any of the other riders besides them?
1: As much as I want to say yes, I, I don't think so. To be honest, um, it, it depends a little bit on how the racing will go. But I think that from what we have seen in Beringa, uh, my I don't I don't expect I don't expect something from from the others in terms of fighting for for the win. In my opinion, Van Ampel obviously has the rhythm now, kind of. But Peters has been going super strong on the mountain bike, so. We'll see. We see how that will play out, and I think that those two will be will be battling each other. Hopefully, because I think that if if one one or the other is missing, you know, it, it might just be a, a very solo race at the front. We should be happy that both are starting, and I'm very interested to see how, you know, how the racing will be between the two, because yeah, it's it's going to be, I guess, a first test early on in the season. Yeah, it should be. I would give
0: Fem Van Empel the edge. I should correct myself from the Beringer podcast because I actually, by accident, said that Sat won the cross-country Olympic race in Monsanto-Anne. That's not true. She ended third. I misspoke myself. She secured the short track overall win in Monsanto-Anne. She had previously secured the mountain bike overall World Cup win in snowshoe and ended third in the cross-country Olympic race of saint anne I think that we will see a different Pugpieterse at the beginning of the season, or it could be relatively similar to what we saw last year for a matter of fact. Pugpieterse took an altitude camp before the mountain bike world championships in Ligue. After that, she came to the Netherlands, she rested, she didn't train that much, she visited a local youth race that was there, she gave the start to the final stage there, walked around there a little bit, trained with friends, not seriously training, just coffee rides, 80-kilometer rides, 60-kilometer rides. It wasn't that much. Then she went to Andorra for another World Cup, but her lead in the overall World Cup was already so big that she didn't really need to peak for those final races anymore. My understanding is that she's taken it relatively easy. Her form at the moment for those final two World Cup rounds was not great. It was solid, Proven by the fact that she was up there only the, on the podium in Mont Saint-Anne, but it was not on the level that she had earlier in the season. She's using these races to build. She's racing Waterloo, then she's skipping the Overijse weekend, which is not a World Cup weekend. Then she's racing Maasmechelen before the European Championships. After that, it's my understanding that she will do a relatively limited program for belgian standards but that it will be basically the entire world cup calendar with maybe one or two extra races in the christmas period she doesn't want to overload herself towards the mountain biking season because her big goal is to become olympic champion next year long explanation but this should give you an indication of where book peters is and that should also give you an indication why i'm favoring Fem van dempel here because I think for the first part of the season we will see a very strong Femme van Empel with Puck Petersen slowly improving every single week.
1: Yeah, I think that that would be the logical uh, way to look at it because also I would say that you know the the racing that, that van Empel has done is slim to none compared to what what Petersen has done in my opinion. So, you know, van Empel is going to be a little bit more fresher. Starting the season right now, I would say, and then later on when 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 Petersen comes back, then I think it's going to be interesting to see how both will will go into the December month and the Christmas period, and then from there, you know, it's already time for the championships. And I don't I don't know how Van Embo or, or Petersen will be looking at at this cyclocross season because I think it is a bit difficult to, you know, have a goal in mind with the Uh, olympics mountain bike and then also you know you're probably looking at the world championships and you want to win that as well so it's you know it's a bit double i guess and you know it's for her kind of a first time where she has to prepare herself and 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 try to be in the best form in, in 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 the summer so it's it's going to be very interesting to see how that will play out but i think that i i fully agree with you on on the matter that Van Empel in the first race is, is going to be a bit better and and probably as well in the first couple of races where they meet each other and then from there, you know we might see that it that it go comes a bit closer and maybe even um, changes. But that is for for later on in the season.
0: Yeah, and I don't want to repeat too much from the Beringa podcast, but the same goes for Van Anderoy. She's racing this because of Trek, the bike sponsor. Her form is irrelevant. She's going to do a shorter cross-campaign starting somewhere in mid-December again, which is pretty damn short, not even in November. But, you know, from there on, she will be in form. She doesn't need to be now. She's resting now. She will build up later. Completely normal. We saw them bearing it. Normally, she ends ahead of Alvarado, especially on that course. Not this time. Which is also why here in Waterloo, I think it's not a, a certain... ...fact that Van der is going to end on the podium. I think she should have good, good opposition from Sena Carmen Alvarado. I think that should be the biggest... ...competitor, I guess. I would probably favor Alvarado a little. I can't really see it. Van der Heide had a tough race in Beeringe. She crashed on the off-camber in the pre-ride. She mentally blocked over that during the race... What to do in the dry is a good course for her. If it's a bit muddier, I could still see her up there. But normally I would expect the third place to be between Alvarado and Van Anrooy with an outside shot of van der Heide. What do you think? Are those the names? Or should we also start considering Rochette? Because I'm actually looking forward to seeing her in action a lot.
1: I I, I would definitely mention her as as an outsider, I would say. Because we... we you know, while her results at the UCX Series were, you know, impressive in a way, it, it is hard to then compare it to what we have seen in Beringe and then put a label on it and say, well, that is going to be enough for, for a, a podium spot or at least being able to fight. But I think she will she will not be far off. And, you know, in the race, <laughs> a lot of things can happen, so you don't know how it will play out. And as we have said already by the men, and I don't want to repeat the same thing, but it's, you know, there is the, the, the transfer. It, it is, it's just so difficult. So it's, you know, the, the racing is also going to be, for some, a bit more difficult to digest than for others um, with everything that you already had before. So I think that, that Rochette is definitely within a, within a shout, definitely for a top five. A podium is going to be very difficult with Van Empel and Peters in the race. Leaves you only with one spot in a way. You know, I should shouldn't be jinxing it because <laughs> now one of the two is going to have something, I guess, in the race. But, you know, normally you're going to be racing for, for the last spot on the podium. And that is, you know, with with the opposition, with an Alfarado, with a Van Anruy, with a van der Heide. It's then going to be a little bit more difficult. But I, I think that a top five is definitely... Definitely realistic and definitely possible in my opinion, but it, it has to go her way for sure.
0: If we mention Rochette, we have to mention Zoe Backset as well. She won both days in Indianapolis. Her margin over Manon Bucker was not huge. It was decent, but it was not a dominant display. I had the feeling she was mainly racing that on cruise control she started out opened the gap consolidated that not more effort than necessary i'm interested to see how that goes she moved to the canyon shram team i think it's a good move for her career i like the fact that she's on the canyon cross bike now support seems pretty good i'm interested to see what she can do on a dry course i would have given her a very good chance of actually ending on the podium. Now I would give her, on assuming what is going to be a bit more of a slippery track, an outside shot to do so. The last name I would like to mention here still, Isam is the one of Clara Honsinger, the American national champion. She has moved from EF Education back to her local team from Oregon, the team which she won her first national title on before joining the Cannondale World team. What do you expect from her?
1: <laughs> i, I want to say a slow start but that is not <laughs> that's not uh no i i, I will not say it. i mean um i don't know what to expect to be honest i think that is it was for her probably but i don't know if that is true but i think it would be quite hectic if you are if you have a lot of uncertainties about how you will um how how your season will go with what team you will be riding and all these kind of stuff it seems that it came a bit later than you would have liked but then again you also come in an environment where you are comfortable with you already know so I don't think it's going to be a huge uh difference for her in in a way but yeah I, I don't I don't really know where to place it at the moment I think that if if she has a good day then a top 10 is definitely possible but you know you have to have a good day, and I don't know how how that will will go for Honsinger. So, it's, I think it's our first race of the season on in in, in Cross, So we you know we just have to see how that will play out.
0: Then there are a couple of riders not here. Let's divide them into two categories. First, the injured ones: Denise Betsema and Lucinda Brandt. Both riders were foreseen to be here, but they aren't. Denise Betsema was hit on training around a month ago. She was hit by a car. Her bike looked very bad. She obtained some, well, not super serious injuries, but they were serious enough to knock her back. She is therefore not going to the US. She is starting her season in Oosterwijk, which is in the Netherlands, on the same day as Waterloo. But she wants a bit of a slower start, said her preparation was compromised. And then Brandt broke her collarbone in the CIMAC Ladies Tour, and especially for Brandt, I kind of worry for the consequences on the cross season. It's I don't really know how long she's off the bike, but last year we saw that she was pretty strong in the opening of the season. Then had that injury in Tabor, which was a bit less serious than the one she obtained now. But it still really affected the rest of her season. The base wasn't there. So I'm kind of worried that we could potentially see the same happen this year for Lucinda.
1: Yeah, I think it would be a shame um, if it would play out the same as it uh, played out last season. But I, I don't know how much time she will have. I mean, if, for example, she would return into the fields um, at the no- end of November. I, I don't know. There is a lot of racing. But obviously, it's not going to be ideal. And then you already, you know, you're you're kind of out of all classifications. And you could only kind of make a goal of, of the, the championships, the nationals and the world. So yeah i i, I think I, I i don't know she also has of course the road season and you know there is only so much you can do about the cycle season right now with with everything that she has so you know maybe she will be try to focus more on the roads and 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 do the cross as preparation but not more as that but yeah bit of a shame obviously because i think that um She's not the youngest anymore, so you don't know how, mi- how many more seasons she can be on the top of her games. Um, so, yeah, every season that you kind of miss out on is, is a season too many. So, you know, let's hope that uh, she will recover from it uh, fully and um, then uh, hope that she can uh, progress uh, with, with her form and, and get back to, um, to a level that she wants to be at.
0: Then a couple of riders who aren't here by their own choice or team choice. Cyclocross Reds not sending a single rider. Anik van Alpha and Anna Marie Worst not here. SD Works keeping Mary Schreiber and Blanca Vash at home. I think that's a real shame. A big team like SD Works would have been an addition here. The AS bike team is not running at the same budget as a couple of years ago. No Helene Clausel here. Sylvia Persico, of course, still recovering from that road season, doing a more limited campaign. Lynn Bouquet recovering from the mountain bike season. She will be coming into the season a bit later. No Lauren Modegraaf, same reason as we had for Kevin Kuhn. Circus Reus Technoord is not sending a team. I think that is kind of it in terms of the absent riders. No of Kant. I mean, you need to go very far down to even see her on the UCI rankings. She's, she's almost outside of the top 40 of the UCI rankings. Kind of hurt when I realized that. Such a great name of the sport. Three-time world champion. Interesting. And then, finally, what we should mention is two names who are here, or at least one. Yolanda Neff. She is a good rider on the cross bike on her day. Coming right from the Mountain Bike World Cup a couple of years ago, she did very well here. Evie Richard would normally also be starting, but she is sick. However, for Neff, Isam, what do you expect? A couple of years ago, she ended on the podium in Waterloo. I personally think those days that she could just turn up on the cross bike to Waterloo and end on the podium are kind of over with how stacked the field has become like the level has increased in in the US. Just the riders going there, but in general, the the level of the riders themselves has also increased.
1: Yeah, I fully agree. I think um, that it's. I would. I would honestly. I would say that if she finishes within the first eight, ten riders. That it is a job well done, um, and I don't think there is. I think she will just enjoy the the, the racing, and it's obviously uh, most likely on invitation of of Trek uh, that has uh, a lot of interest in, in in this race. Um So yeah, I, I, I think that is just going to be a uh, enjoy enjoy the racing, enjoy the cyclocross cross, and see how far I, how far she can go. So probably, yeah, I I, I wouldn't expect her to fight for a podium or top five. Uh, would really be a surprise, uh, but I would much rather say maybe within the top ten, maybe just outside of it. But yeah, that's going to be interesting to see where where she be where she be um, placed in the end of the race. Then
0: finally, Mariana Fals is also not here. I mentioned this previously. She is out for the season due to surgery she underwent just before the season. With that said, it's time for predictions. I will go first and predict a podium of Fem van den ahead of Puck-Pieterse. And I will slot... Yeah, I will slot Joey Backset in third. Uh,
1: I will probably say... Van den Poel... Uh, van den Pieterse, Alvarado. I think I will go very safe with this one.
0: Alright then, Issam, thank you for being here. We will be back on Sunday night, so a podcast coming on Monday with the Waterloo World Cup recap.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. Looking forward to, uh, to the first race of the World Cup.
0: I hope you enjoyed hearing from Jules van Kempen in this podcast. If you have any comments, feedback or anything, you can send an email to noah at cyclocross with three S's at the end dot com. Thanks for listening and see you guys next time. Goodbye.